Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. All right. This is the Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself, doing something that you care about. In this episode, should bloggers be using Medium, that very popular website, medium.com? Listen, as bloggers, we want to get as many people interacting with our content as possible. And more than that, we want them to become fans, to live their lives in relationship with us. Well, recently, we made a guide to promoting your blog, which talks about syndicating your blog posts. This is one of the one of the ways that you can get more people to read your stuff, is you syndicate them. That is, you publish these existing posts to different websites, like Huffington Post or Medium. Okay? So Medium has become extremely popular in some circles in the last few years, and it can be a great place to syndicate your blog posts. Why? Because hundreds of thousands of people could come to know about your work. But if you use Medium, are you shooting yourself in the foot? Because maybe people just won't come back to your website and you really need that. But if you use Medium, are you kind of shooting yourself in the foot because it simply doesn't bring enough people into a strong, direct relationship with you? They don't come back to your site. Well, that's exactly what we get into today. All right, before we get into that, in case you aren't familiar with what we do here at Fizzle.co, we make courses that help creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs build a business that can thrive instead of fizzle out. One amazing particular opportunity we have right now. This is actually a really big deal. Start a Blog That Matters is a legendary blog training course that Corbett created. We just released an all-new updated version, which is in the Fizzle library right now. As you're listening to the show, it's already live. It's a guided course, step-by-step journey through starting a blog that will actually work for you, that you'll be proud of, and that will actually get you results. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Like, it's a TV sales thing, because there is more. If you're listening to this episode live, uh, you might still be able to sign up for free coaching with us through this course. So that means you're going to have access to Corbett and myself asking questions, getting specific advice, answers, and critique to your thing. Okay, if you are, if you want to sign up for that, you can go to fizzle.co slash blog me. All right. If that's still available, you can get it. Uh, check it out because they're going fast and we're almost we're almost all done here. All right. But even if you if, if you're past the cutoff date from that, that'll take you to the startup blog that matters page where you can learn more about that. All right. That's the call to action for the thing. Uh, follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 171. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Oh, but real quick, FreshBooks is our sponsor today. FreshBooks is small business accounting software designed for small businesses like the one you're making. It helps millions of service-based business owners make everyday invoicing and accounting easy, fast, and secure. All right. Uh, You can use FreshBooks deposits feature, which completely streamlines how you invoice for money up front when you're kicking off a project, which I don't know if you've ever done any client work. Um, For those of you out there who have done client work, you're probably nodding your heads. Uh, Initiating that that first payment and invoicing and stuff like that, it's just a bit, it's a big step in every project. And FreshBooks makes it really easy. Okay. Here's a quote from one of my favorites, Swiss Miss Tina Roth Eisenberg, who says FreshBooks not only makes me look professional, it saves me a huge amount of time. 
So FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all of our listeners, totally free right now. And you don't even need a credit card for the trial. If you're running a service-based business, you definitely should check these guys out to claim your free month. Go to freshbooks.com slash fizzle and enter fizzle in the how did you hear about us section. All right, let's get into it. I'm already recording, so we're just going to oh be radically honest right now. <laughs> Too bad everybody missed what I just said. <laughs> he was saying we should try to be radically honest, G. <laughs> if I was a rapper, I would try I would I would rhyme try to be with radically honestly. <laughs> That'd be your rapper name, Radical Honesty. No, my rapper name is Skid Mark. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> There's this uh, there's this guy who pastors a church nearby that I see at, at Roman Candle, this cafe we live near all the time. And every time I do, I just kind of we just are always kind of like zinging each other. We're always zinging, we're zinging because I speak the language pretty good. Yeah. I speak the churchy language pretty good. But he's also a younger, hip guy, uh-huh. right? But he's sincere. He's into this, right? And I really appreciate that about him. I love that about him. I'm also kind of zinging him. I'm sure, just, ribbing him. Hey, I'm ribbing him. Yeah. I'm ribbing him with some stuff. He told me today, I'm very funny. I'm very funny. Oh, oh, so, y- okay. I wanted to set that up just Got so it. you, you know to explain that who I was, am just so very that, <laughs> So that the, the compliment that you wanted to share with us had some weight. <laughs> I just, I just kind of wanted to talk about him and uh, I just have so much fun in those Boy. situations. <laughs> that was really a dead end for me. <laughs> I, I totally appreciate that. I, I wasn't even concerned about your situation, your experience. <laughs> Nor anyone else's. In the least. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you kidding me? This guy's driving uh, an old beat-up VW, and it's still running. (laughs) We should study them enough that we know the nuances, Uh, the nuanced differences between. Like, people would go like, oh, yeah, they're just totally nailing the, the, like, form, right? They they just got the voices and stuff like that. But But if we got to, like... But then if, and if clack people were separately. like listening to the actual auto advice we were giving, yeah. they'd be like, no, actually, that's all like... Speaking of, my check engine it. light is on. Uh-oh. Yeah. Your old Subaru Forester? Yep. hey yo, My urban assault vehicle. What? <laughs> Why do you call it that? I don't know. <laughs> Uh-oh. Check engine light's on. Yeah. That's not good. I know. This is the extent of our car knowledge now. Yeah. It's not good if your check engine light is on. I, I think... You know those old guys who are like... Hey, what kind of engine do you have in that thing? Or like you talk to them about their car and they're like, well, it's a, it's got the Ford six cylinder or something, something. So you, like they think about engine, like there's really only a handful of engines, right? Like they see the world in like these categories of engines. Sure. Whereas to me, I'm just like, no, there's like a million cars. And they're yeah. like, no, there's about 10 engines. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm like, that's such a smarter way of looking at a car. You know what else is interesting about cars? Mm. They are like a set of discrete systems. Mm. So you just kind of think of a car. It's like, yeah, I steer it and I stop it and I yeah. mash the, the gas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but really like the, you know, the uh, steering system, that's like one system. Totally discreet. Discreet from everything yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of integration in terms of like, you know, the, the serpentine belt has to like power yeah. everything. Yeah. But aside from that, they set them up separately. So a failure in one doesn't like, you know, catastrophic. Similar to the human body, right? Sure. Did you know that when your cells, repro- when you are made as a body, everything's being made at once. Everything starts getting made at once, right? Yeah. Incredible. And it's not like, it's not like where it's like, well, we'll start with the stomach because that's important. I was listening to this Alan Watts because he's like, well, you know, there are some people who would say that what's most important is the stomach, right? You're just a, you're just a tube. You go around and gobbling things up and then go in one side and out the other, right? And so this is the thing to be eating, right? You're eating. 
I'm doing a pretty good job right now. You're doing a really good job. <laughs> so, I was trying not to interrupt. So you have the stomach, right? And then and then there's these other people who say, no, 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 no. The brain is more important, and the stomach just serves the brain. You know, because the brain has come afterwards, it's more important. It's, it's more complex, right? The truth is, none of none of these can be true. We can't know either way because they're both made at the same time. <laughs> it's just like I, I'm not doing it justice because because this actually was really profound. <laughs> it's just like you're you're, you're just a tube, you're just a tube, and and what, what we need to do is we need to we need to create more tubes, go around eating more things, right? So we reproduce. That's what we do, you know. And then we we have all these systems in our body, and he's, he talks about how like we're you know we're all just trying to make all these damn plans so that so that we can predict the future. And that's the only reason why we're causing so much torment for ourselves. I mean, we could be like the bumblebee and just go like, we'd just be so dumb in some ways yeah. that we do the same thing over and over and we never get bored. Sure. <laughs> I mean, isn't that really what we do? Dude, that's exactly what we do. You know, I'm regretting now that uh, we decided in August just to run regular episodes. We could have just we could set the whole month aside to talk about being tubes. And- Whatever else comes to mind. <laughs> but it's interesting. We're talking about tubes, which brings up the, the, the con- content for the day that we want to get into. Oh, yeah, because the internet is really just a system of tubes. It's, that's exactly it. It's yeah. a system, very complex, mm-hmm. but a discrete system of tubes. Yep. You know what I mean? And, uh, and why not use, because your blog, right, your website is a discrete system, like the steering uh, train on your blog well, on your car why not have it interact or integrate or maybe in some way cross-pollinate with some of these other tubes some mm. of these other discrete systems mm-hmm. that exist out sure. there you didn't think i was going to be able to do that did you no <laughs> i have to admit i didn't and and yet you that pastor you, this and, morning was pretty right about me <laughs> i'm just gonna try to like really quick just tie back everything just <laughs> Are you kidding me? This guy has got so many callbacks. So many. Right now, the 25 people who love listening to the show for the BS are loving it. And everybody else is sitting there pointing at their watch going like, are you, what is happening? Yep. What You promised me tips, pal. Give me this the tips. One, we're going to get some of those reviews. Give me the tips, guys. After this one. Give me the tips. Yep. Hey, listen, you know what? It's a dog eat dog world out there. I was at a store, uh, what can I remember? Like a bagel shop or something. Two tip cups, okay? One of them, all Marvel comics with the Marvel logo characters with the other one all dc comics with the dc logo it Ooh. says you choose ah oh, brilliant right brilliant all right so this is going to be a a ratings off you get to choose do you like the bs or not because we're coming in hot and if you like it <laughs> you leave a review going like i'm for it are you kidding me these guys are great the whole world is full of this bull crap Information baloney about making websites and all this stuff. You know what I'm into it. I want to make a website, I'll be honest. But can we have a little fun? Are you put a little mustard on my bread? This is what you get, folks. <laughs> now it's Steph is still on maternity leave. Barrett's no longer with us. Barrett's over at, at Convert Kit. We just worked our arse off to make the post that came out last week. La- wait, last week? We don't know for sure, actually. No, when was, this is going to air. Yeah, it wasn't last week. It was um, several weeks ago. It was several weeks ago. You're, you're now you're blowing the the, the blowing the cover. Yeah, the blowing the cover. <laughs> we don't know when we're going to air this. Yeah, I don't know who per- I am right now. Per- I'm just a tube walking around gobbling things up. Perhaps <laughs> never. <laughs> That's the thing. You keep going on eating things up. That's what a tube does. <laughs> 
want to work on my Alan Watts. You should. Okay, so what we're going to talk about today is a great question that I got from the Fizzle Forums. Uh, not I, we we got from the Fizzle Forums, okay? It is uh, one that I think has come up a lot for a lot of us recently. For anyone who is paying attention online to content that is, I don't know, to maybe just content in general, um, there's a website called Medium. If you don't know about it, medium.com. You probably know about it, but just in case you didn't, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, how would you describe it? I think of it as, as it wants to be all the stories of the world. It wants to be a beautiful experience on textual content, stories, journalism. Some of them are more like traditional blog posts, like 10 things you didn't know about uh, something, something. But I'm seeing a lot of interesting stuff get written on Medium. Yeah. I'm seeing big, big publications moving their online uh, stuff to be published by Medium. Yeah, at, several. At their own sort of Medium URL. Several really big ones. Yeah, which is... It's not a Medium URL. It's their own URL. Yeah. But the the system hosting it is, is Medium. Medium. And so the best argument I heard for this was when the 37 Signals guys moved their blog over. And I think David Hanmeyer Hansen wrote about it. He's like, listen, we don't have enough time. We think an experience on the web when you're reading content should be exceptional. But our job is actually to make the software product over here that we sell called Basecamp, which is project management and stuff. Our job is not to keep innovating on the blog side of, of, of readership and side of things, right? Right. Medium's doing that at, for a living. We think the experience is beautiful. And so we're like, screw it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really big, bold move for them who have been around the web for so long and who know exactly what you know, Yeah. right? Hit me with what you know about using tools like these instead of running your own thing at your own domain, doing your thing. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit before. So, you know, the biggest concern used to be that if you decided to host your blog entirely on Medium, that it was under a Medium URL. Yeah. And you didn't have ownership of that. So and if now, you decided to leave or whatever. Yeah, and that's a really, like, like, this is, if you don't know this, you have to know this. Yeah. Whatever you're doing online, you have to actually physically own that domain. You have to. You just need to. Well, Sort of. I mean, but you don't own your own that if you are on Twitter or Facebook or, Facebook or anywhere else. Or YouTube or anything like that. So, but that's why we always talk about this like home base where right. it's like no matter what Facebook changes, if you you've got you'll probably have a larger audience. On, if you take Facebook really seriously, you'll have a larger audience on Facebook than you might at, at your actual blog that you own. But you do both of those because your goal is because over time, Facebook's going to keep charging you more and more and more and more to reach the people who have already clicked like on your page, right. you know? But you have direct access to the people that you're building the relationship with on your site. Yeah, exactly. That's the dream. Exactly. And, you know, email is an independent channel. Yeah. So if you have someone's email address, you have the right to reach them until they say no. And uh, that's not true if you have an intermediary like Twitter or Facebook or Pinterest yeah. or Instagram or Medium, mm -hmm. right? So... Uh, the big concern was that you didn't own the domain and yet some publishers still decided to use Medium as their primary publishing platform. Yeah. And that was a big risk. That was a bigger risk than it is today because Medium has decided that they really want to focus on not just independent uh, articles and, and bloggers, but on publishers. Yeah. So they have created a number of things that make it easier to move over to Medium. And now they allow you to use your own domain name and your own publication name and, and that sort of stuff, and to host an entire blog on Medium. But if I go to, for example, I could go to, you know, CorbettBar.com, and if I was hosted on Medium, then uh, you would be seeing the Medium design, but the URL would be my own, yeah. my own yeah. URL. Mm -hmm. So that changed the game a little bit. 
and several really big publishers. Uh, you know, 37 Signals is a pretty big blog. It's been around for, I don't know, 15 years or so. Really long time. It's it's the reason that most people know of 37 Signals. And um, actually, sorry, it's called Signal versus Noise is the blog. Yep. But that's why most people know about Basecamp, their blog. And they decided to move to Medium, along with some other really big publications that um, had been doing, you know, probably hundreds of thousands or millions of page views a month on their own site. They decided to move to Medium because it's really easy to publish there. Mm -hmm. And I think also because it gains you access each of the articles that you yeah. publish there, you get access to potentially the millions of people that I assume are on Medium. It's the same thing that I think of as YouTube, right? At YouTube, the same thing happens. Like uh, I was talking to someone on Fizzle Friday today. Um, Christine was on Fizzle Friday. Hi, Christine. She listens to the show. I taught her also about using a podcast app instead of downloading every episode directly. Um, so, and Christine, I hope you're hearing me on your podcast app. I just wanted to set that in stone. If you don't know this, every Friday we do a sort of a small group coaching thing for all the members of Fizzle, anybody who wants to join. It's one of the big reasons to sign up for $35 a month to have coaching. It's kind of unbelievable. Anyways, um, so she had made videos on like how to sketch this particular leaf and she did put, um, put that same video on both Wistia and YouTube. Right. And she embedded the Wistia one on her... Um, on her blog page. And I right. was like, you know what I would recommend actually from all our public stuff, I think of putting that on YouTube instead. Yeah. Because I think of YouTube as a search engine, right? And and the just like every search engine, the things that have a lot of views can, that's a, that's one of the factors in how, you know, people find and it. And how, how, yeah, how, how much yeah. it's gonna, how it's gonna show up on the results, right? right? Things like that. But Wistia does give you the ability to have a little like email pop up in the middle, like, like, hey, to watch the rest, like sign up for the email. You know, I think something we haven't played with at all. But I think of, anyways, all I'm, all I'm getting to is the fact that YouTube is also a search engine uh, where there's people already on YouTube going like, what should I watch next? There's people already on Medium similarly going, what should I read next? What should I read next? And you're in that stream. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I if mean, you, and if you think about, you know, you if you publish a uh, video on your own website, versus publishing it on YouTube, there's just massive potential there for yeah. it to take off on YouTube. You know, like for example, on on your channel, uh, Chase, you have like some bag reviews that mm -hmm. have like 30 plus thousand YouTube views. And if you just publish that on your own site, it's really unlikely that you'd get above if I put that on, If I put it on Wistia, well, now if I, if I put that on Wistia and then embedded it in a blog post where I've got all the H1 tags, I, I, like, you know, just it's, I, it's titled well and all that other stuff. Yeah, there'd, there'd be some traffic to it from people that are searching it on Google and then finding it. But everybody who's searching for a video about a bag review, I think most of them are searching it on YouTube, right? Right now, that that's a, that's where Medium is, or they're or they're they're looking at Google, but Google owns YouTube, and YouTube results are highly integrated yeah, with Google. Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't think uh, you might. I want to stick on this this similarity between YouTube and Medium for just one more second here. Yeah. Because for me, I don't know about you, Corbett, or anybody listening. When I have a problem and I want to search for a solution for it, I would say eighty or ninety percent of the time, I'm going to YouTube first to search on it. I want to find a quick video on it and it I watch it in twice speed and I just see if this person knows what you're talking about because in about four seconds, I can tell if I'm going to find my answer here or not. Whereas on a blog post, I might be scrolling for a while and I can't really, and, and I'm landing on Yahoo Answers. Like when I like when I search for something and the first page has a Yahoo Answers result on it, I'm like, yeah. I'm going to YouTube. 
Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I find a lot, of, and that's probably a personality thing. I think that's how I prefer to ingest info. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You definitely do. But I, so for me, um, if it's a physical thing, mm-hmm. like if I'm thinking about buying a car or yeah. some sort of physical item, sure. then yeah, I'm going to look on YouTube mm-hmm. or I just go to Google, type it in and then click on videos. Hopefully there's a video up there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which might include something else, but 99% of the time it's YouTube. Yeah. But otherwise, if I'm looking for any sort of just regular information not involving a physical product, mm-hmm. then I just go to Google and look yep. for blog posts. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. Because I don't think people are doing that with Medium. I don't think they're going like, I want to know about how to make a blog. And there's a million search engines. Google's going to result like in who knows how much bull crap. What have people written on Medium about it? I think you're totally right about that. I don't think they're searching that I think yet. Medium is topical and, and uh, current events yeah. focused. And, and it's not as much how to youtube is like i think there's a chance that it could be right because 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 what do we know about medium for me i know that it is like it's very clean it honors good writing it Mm -hmm. it it, like things that that are written well do well on the system of medium right um that not not if your thing's written well it doesn't mean it's going to do well but if things are done good welly wellish yeah i I can't remember which what's the word way to go then they're also not like they're not the things that are performing really well in Google, right? They're they're by on if you searched on on things on a topic, you'd find the things that are ranking really high on Google, and you'd find a bunch of crap. You'd find the things that are ranking really high on, on Medium around that topic. They're probably going to be new. They're probably going to be interesting. They're probably going to be well written. Yeah, right. And so maybe that becomes like that in the future. I could totally picture that. It could, but because they've because they're they're clamped down so hard on what you can do. You don't have a sidebar. You don't have ads. You're not blinking right, crap. Right, right. You know so, what I mean? So when when a publisher decides to move over to Medium, you know, design could be a factor, yeah. you know, because they like how simple it is and, and the functionality of Medium, yeah. how easy it is to write. Mm-hmm. And it's got the, you know, that sort of front end writing tool where yeah. you see what it's going to look like as you're typing totally. it, which is cool. But those are pretty lame reasons to move. Yeah. Because counteracting that is the fact that you have no control over the design no control. aside from a banner. Mm-hmm. So really the reason that you're you're choosing medium is for the discovery aspect. The so discovery that, and you're saying like I'm going to cuz you're right. Okay, keep going, keep going. So for the discovery aspect to say that when I read an article, it's likely that if it's popular, it will be placed in front of a lot of other people that I wouldn't normally have access to mm-hmm. on my own site. Yeah. Therefore, I might get more readers, visitors to an individual post. Yeah. Now, counteracting that is that the discovery works two ways. You might write a great article, but at the end of that article, who's to say that someone's not going to go click off on something else yeah. within Medium? Because mm-hmm. there's links from Medium you know, on the site all over the place. Yeah. And so they might click off somewhere else and, uh, and you might lose that you visitor, lose whereas totally. you could have kept them better on your own side you could have had a pop-up show up right as they're clicking the browser <laughs> sure. to leave and go like are you sure you want to leave are you sh- <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is the whole reason Only people with tiny <laughs> genitalia <laughs> <laughs> leave this website are you sure you want to do that yeah. you know um I, I have something for you to download if you're not an idiot are you do you want that yeah. click yes i'm not an idiot or no i'm a total idiot yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks very much thanks very much but so, that's the thing that's that's what the web has become because we're eating ourselves right we're, we know we're marketers we're all marketers on the web yeah because we need people to pay attention to us and we're using things that work right and the things that work are getting more and more are getting more are getting worse and worse 
right? The things that work are getting worse and worse. These things have worked before, yeah. But uh, and, and but we haven't used them because there was there was more pure, better things that we could do, yeah. That were still working. Now, as it's just noisier and noisier and noisier on the web, it's harder to stand out, right? It is. So it's turning the whole web into this gross, gross, gross thing there where in order to be a successful publisher online, whether you're an individual blogger or a larger thing, I think you have to do more than just, than, than I don't know, than just have the, the uh, I don't know, you have to reach out through the noise in some real emotional way. Sure, and the... So an, another reason that publishers might be moving to Medium is this like first mover advantage that you get on yeah. any new platform. Yeah. Not that Medium's that new, but it is for publishers. Yeah. And you think back to um, watching Twitter sort of rise and, and now fall mm -hmm. to some degree. Uh, you just remember in the early days, people who grabbed a foothold there and became, you know, Twitter personalities in some way. Yeah. They were able to amass a big number of fo uh, followers, even though they might not have been famous elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And then as Twitter got bigger and bigger and bigger, that effect just kind of magnified. Same thing for YouTube, right? YouTube stars who had been around for five years or something, uh, a lot of them were in the early days, they grabbed a foothold and that multi that magnification effect just kind of um, kept fueling them more and more. And totally. so as the platform grows, if you're one of the top, you know, 5% of, of, uh, publishers there or the top 1% or even higher than that, your, uh, share of that is just going to become, you're, you're going to find more and more viewers, more and more readers, more and more followers, and so being somewhere in the early days can can be it's a big deal. I mean, be I remember really being deal. early days on Vine and it just being like, wow, I could be somebody here just because it was early. Right. That's it. Right. And you so I mean? so you can you know, you can make bets on every new platform that comes about. And I, I think Gary Vaynerchuk does that pretty well. He does. You know, he's on pretty much everything that comes out. And, some and that's those, a big point that he makes. He's like, listen, if you're not on Snapchat, if you're not on the thing that just came out yesterday, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because, but you, but in order to wait, in order to be on there, you got to be willing to waste some time on there learning how to do this thing. And plus, you have to be willing to waste a lot of time on platforms that don't work out. Because people said the exact same thing yeah. about Google Plus and, yeah. and yada yada. Exactly. Yada. Yeah. So you know, and you can you can you could build your entire business on a house of cards. So here's the difference between Medium and uh, and something like Twitter. Publishers are using Medium as like their home base, especially publishers that are. Not like Signal versus Noise, which is really yeah. a blog that advertises a software product. Mm -hmm. Publishers whose you know blog is their main business are moving to Medium. Yeah, this is a lot different than just participating in some social network that might collapse. Totally. If Medium doesn't work out, or if the the bets that you're making about how Medium is going to pay off for you as a publisher yeah. don't work out, then you've invested a lot into this big platform. So there's a bigger risk there. Totally. And that's why I haven't been a big proponent about moving everything. It is, over to and if you think about it, like, hey, what's 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 one of the best practices we know on the web that works is is you you get. I think I think it might be the case. Tell me if you think this is true, Corbett. I think the only reason why we really blog, or not the only reason, but the main reason why we blog, the main reason why you do anything on the web is to build an email list. I think the email list is is the purpose of everything, which is just, and the email list is just symbolic of a communication with customers, right? Yeah. So I love to write, I love to put stuff in front of people, but we have a business goal. I mean, I, yeah, I, I would challenge that a little bit. Okay. I, I mean, I think the the main point is is to... Uh, engender trust and yeah. to build relationships with people. Yeah. Email is a great way to maintain that relationship, but 
you know, I, you know, for example, if you had followed Oprah for a long time, you might be willing to buy something from her if yeah. you hear about it, but it doesn't mean that you're on an email list because yeah. she doesn't operate that way. But I, and I think, yeah, that, that and we're saying sort of the same thing though. Cause like, okay, I want to engender trust and so, stuff with people. Right. Yeah. And, and create relationships and create relationships in some ways you could you could argue that asking for an email address is asking too much and and like i'm not going not going to trust you but it's like yeah. no we're we're actually asking for trust so that we can communicate with you so that you're willing to buy the things that right, we want right and because we're business owners we do all of this yeah. uh you know some of this we do for fun yeah. and we do and we write things on the side that aren't about business stuff just yeah. you know for personal creativity purposes whatever uh, but the things that we write about blogging and podcasting, whatever, that are fun, they have mm -hmm. a purpose. And and the ultimate goal is to sell something to someone. To sell something and, and and to sell something eventually. In the next five, ten years, I want to I want to get you into fizzle and I want it to change your life. Right. That's what I want. Right. Yeah. And the issue is if if someone reads a blog post and uh you, you know, impress them. Yeah. They, with the best intentions of keeping in touch with you, might still just forget about you because yeah. there's so much going on. And so the email list is one way to make sure that they you remember you. And, and they're like, they're, they're not. Uh, so for all these reasons, I think really the most value, we, we've all, every, you know, everybody's talking about how valuable it is to have an email list. And I think I'm, I'm really convinced that like, that's really kind of the only thing. That's what, if we had another thing that worked better than blogging, like by a long shot, on getting people into the email list. And then we were just, if we, if we had something that was just like a page we sent people to that, if there was no such thing as search engines, if there's no such thing as, as people finding our content, it was just, they're finding this page yeah. that just gets them signed under the email list. Our, our life would be so much easier because then we're just writing emails to people to keep them engaged, to keep them interested, to to stay valuable to them, to keep them wanting us. You know what I mean? Anyways, one of the big, one of the, one of the things in the, the best practice in some blog stuff is you have a huge feature box up front that just says, Hey, here's what I'd love. Like if you're into sketching, uh, and uh, on nature hikes, like I have a guide for you on that. I think you're going to love it. Right. Or I have a seven day email series that that's going to teach you basically the, 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 the tricks that I found most people don't know about yet. Right. right? Get it here. Yep. Sign up. You get your email address to you do the thing. Cause now yep. I can really communicate with you. You can't do that on medium right? Medium has its own baked in way of communicating with the audience. And I don't know. So basically you get an email when you're a medium member or something, you get an email if you choose to saying like, Hey, here's some things that, that came out. We think you're going to like this week and you can follow, you follow your publications. you follow, you know, so it's a very different way of doing things where you, as a publisher, you kind of have your hands tied a lot more. Right. Right. And so, yeah, the, the mechanism on medium is follow, yeah. which means that that person's articles or that publication's articles will appear in your feed yeah. when you go to medium, but it's a weak mechanism. Yeah. It's a weak relationship. Mm -hmm. You don't have the ability to push anything. It's like following that. on Twitter or Facebook. We know the deal. We know the deal with this. Like it doesn't actually, it does, it's not it's not a fraction of of the effectiveness of being in someone's email inbox right for example and if there was something better than an email inbox i'd be saying that instead you know what i mean but yeah. i think the email and this is something that 37 signals has talked about themselves they're like why build a, a feature in your product if you can just do it through email yeah you know there's like the ba it's like, it seems to be sort of the baseline of this thing totally. well, hold on let's re reset here cuz what we're talking about is publishers moving on to medium yeah that's a good little overview right there of Medium has these new tools for publishers. You can move your entire blog on onto Medium. This this is a really cool thing because if you are very future thinking, if you are willing to partner, basically get in bed with Medium for the 
future of your business, this is a very interesting idea. I would say people have done that in the past with other companies, getting in bed with Google, getting in bed with Facebook, and it has hurt them in the end. When Facebook, because Facebook just goes like, hey, so there's 10,000 people who have liked your page, and I know we used to put your stuff in front of all 10,000 of them, and we just can't do that anymore. You have to pay now to get in front of all of them. Yeah, however, on YouTube, it's worked out pretty well. YouTube has a great relationship with their creators. Sort of. I mean, they pissed them off recently with the the red, whatever, subscription stuff. Have people not liked that? Yeah, well, they're forcing the publishers to, you know, they basically can say, Either you're with us or you're not. And yeah. if you're not, then you're screwed. Because I'm a YouTube Red subscriber. Right. Right? Because like I watch a lot of YouTube videos with my son. And I'm, you know what I don't want? I don't want any ads in there. Yeah. My son is going to grow up commercial free, Corbett. That's a big deal to me. That's great. And every commercial he sees, I go, what are they trying to sell you, buddy? What are they trying? And what's the lie they're telling you about that? Yeah. That but if you have that the, car, then you're going to be happy. And it's baloney. <laughs> are you kidding me? You can't the, get the, the joke's on you because- I know. The whole world's going to be advertising. Well, yeah. All the content is advertising. Yeah. So. But, you know, those, ki- those kids that grow up and they look at the world a little differently. Yeah. Maybe it'll be one of them. Yes, the 30-second ad spot is a crude medium. Yeah. But now it's just like, you know, product placement. I hate that. I hate that that's the, mo- that's the model that we found that works for everything. We're just like advertising. Hey, we, how are we going to fund this? Advertising. How are we going to fund this? Advertising, you know? For everything that reaches mass culture. Yeah. You know, very few things are getting paid for by consumers that are mass culture where there isn't an ad attached to it, right. you know? So, okay, so so switching gears now from the publisher conversation to Medium is still a very powerful tool to use to syndicate your blog posts. What we mean by that is you've written a blog post. It's a great piece of, great piece of writing, article, something or other. Now it, it's been on your site maybe for a little while. How do I, how do I get more people to this stuff is a, is a question. And you're like, well, I can, I can, I have a Medium account. I can start publishing, republishing articles that I wrote on my my site over there. What should I do? This is right. the question I think a lot of people are asking. Right. So uh, I don't know if you you mentioned, but this is you call this syndication basically. Mm-hmm. So the idea is uh, you have a blog post, and then you are syndicating, meaning sharing copies of that on other platforms. Yeah. The most common version of this is something called RSS, which actually stands for Real Simple Syndication. It's real simple. It's real simple. And uh, that basically provides a feed of all you of your articles. Do you know how much about RSS I know like so deeply? I've, I've hand-coded my own RSS feeds yeah. because when, when I was working in the startup stuff before, we used a lot of RSS like to scroll and scrub websites and stuff like that. Yeah. And... It's such a powerful technology, and now, now the whole world you don't even you don't even need it at all because it's so baked into to. Like or you do cons- need it. You just the don't consumer even know doesn't it's even there. know it exists on right. their site. You just go to Feedly and you type in CorbettBar.com, yeah, and then it goes like, yeah, I already know. like you're subscribing to websites you don't even know you're using because all of the CMSs, whatever mm-hmm. that's a content management system like WordPress or Squarespace or Medium, yeah. they provide a feed. Actually, I don't know if Medium does. I assume they do. Yeah, um, but they provide an RSS feed mm-hmm. and uh, and other sites or an Adam feed. Same, same sort of like well, kind of conversation. Not anymore, but it was Adam first. I don't know, but I, I don't think it's, I think it's, it lost. Whatever it is, it's, it's like a layer of communication that now any technology can go like, hey, I know when there's a new thing that's been written on this on this place or that place and pull it in for you. Right. Um, so this idea of syndicating was, it, 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 you, know, you used to have Google Reader or something like that and you'd, you'd, pit, you'd add your blogs that you want to follow to it and you'd go in every day and see what blogs have written new things. Right, and so now, mm-hmm. uh, instead of doing that, what you're assuming is that people are spending time on other platforms, maybe not Google Reader. Yeah. Um, but they're spending time on blogs that are 
collections of other blogs, yeah, articles yeah. like Huffington Post or Medium or mm-hmm. whatever. And so you're thinking, I'm a publisher. I want to get in front of people. How can I get in front of people on those platforms? Yeah. Well, Medium's open, so you can publish anything there, including you can republish articles that you've, that you've already put word somewhere for else. Word for word. Word for word. Word for word if you want to. Yeah. So, you know, the, the the big concern that everybody always has is this um, fallacy of the uh, duplicate content penalty. Mm. And uh, people used to believe that if you publish the same article in multiple places that Google would penalize the original article for that and uh, that you would lose out on potential search traffic. Yeah, uh, You can look it up. Matt Cutts, who is like the SEO god at mm-hmm. Google, has said it doesn't exist. The only consideration is uh, you want to make sure that it's clear where the article was published first if you want the SEO juice to land there. Mm-hmm. So you want to publish it first on your own site. And uh, you probably want to link back to the original article from the places that you publish elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what you can do is take an article word for word from your own site, and then you can publish it on Medium to get it in front of those people there. Yeah. And uh, I think people have questions about this. Like, is it worth it? Should I do it? What are the downsides to it? And um, I think that's really what we wanted to kind of get into. Yeah, I think. And 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 so let's talk a little bit of our experience with Medium so far. Yeah. Right? We've done this syndication with, um, really, we haven't really done it with, with Fizzle Posts that much. Not I much. did one uh, a long time ago to see what it was like uh, with the, the third tier theory of networking, which is still, I think, a pretty good idea. Um, and the results from that were fairly, uh, fairly small in, in terms of... Uh, you know, so on Medium, I love. It should be said how how nice it is to write on Medium. It's great. It's great to write on Medium. It's, it's great. actually great to publish on Medium because you get like one. I, I think it's a, a trick, right? It's a trick in a good way. You're writing on Medium. You share it and you get it out there, and people will heart it or, or recommend it or whatever, and you see their little face. So even if you get three three people who have read your thing, or like say thirty people that have that have read it and three that click the like button. You can see all their faces and who they are, and they're real people. Yeah, it's not just a number on Google Analytics or something. And it has a nice commenting system. It's really and, nice and highlight system. The and whole all that thing kind of stuff. is just humane. It's very it's, yeah slick and 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 the reading experience is amazing as well. Not just the writing yeah. experience, right? The reading experience is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend a decent amount of time there reading articles, um, and you know, you just it's nice to know that there's not going to be obnoxious pop ups and crazy. Shit going on yeah on medium um yep. because they have control over what you can do there yep totally so so let's talk about our our experience with with publishing there so mm-hmm. so you and i we don't have um anything for fizzle there specifically no. but you and i each have yeah. an account at medium and i was just looking to see uh how much i'd published there i think i've published maybe six or eight or ten articles there mm-hmm. something like that over the past couple of years yeah uh and i was looking at stats to see how these articles have done because there's two things right there's like how many how many people are seeing my work is one one, how many people are seeing my work maybe like the next time they see my work they're like oh yeah i remember this gal like she wrote this cool thing it was uh, maybe i should follow her she's pretty cool right there's how many people are seeing our stuff and then there's like how many of them are going deeper which is like okay a big goal for you, like we talked about earlier, is getting people on your email list because now you actually can build a relationship right. over time. So how many people, when you're publishing on Medium, are coming back to your site and joining your email list? Right. You know, we should make we should mention James Clear here and what he does 
before we even get into our stats, just as like, here's the dream of syndication. Yeah. Okay. So uh, James Clear writes at jamesclear.com. He's a, a personal friend of ours. And uh, we watched him about three years ago, make a transition from a blog that he was writing about personal finance to uh, more of a personal blog that is about uh, human potential and motivation and, and things that appeal more broadly, yeah. personal development kind of stuff. And he's a great writer and he published uh, consistently, I believe, three times a week or so on his own site. He decided uh, through observation that he was going to put all of his promotional eggs in one basket, and that was syndication. Mm. He Medium didn't exist at the time, uh, but he decided to syndicate on anywhere that he could get a uh, recurring author's sort of ability, like yeah. the Huffington Post or mm -hmm. Fortune or Entrepreneur.com yeah. or Medium would be one in the future. And um, he lined up a number of these. I don't remember how many, but maybe 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And instead of writing original articles, he would just take what he had already written, customize it a little bit, and then republish it on these other platforms, and yeah. then point people back to a landing page. And a landing page is just a, a really simple page that makes a, a cell. A Basically, I, I looked at a bunch of his recently, and at the bottom of it, if you like this article, this article is written by James Clear. If you like this article, you'd, you'd, you'd like joining his email list where he writes about habit forming and something. And it's just like a link to join his email list. Yep. And you land there and it's just a very simple bare bones page. Just sign up and you're going to get this. So over the course of three years or so with this one strategy, James grew his blog's email list faster than any other blog I've ever heard Anyone of. Anyone we've ever, ever heard of. Ever heard of. Mm -hmm. it, with the exception now maybe of Bill Simmons with The Ringer. Sure. But he's, you know, ESPN like he's huge. huge. He's on TV and stuff. Yeah, he already had a massive platform. Right. James was starting from scratch. Mm -hmm. And uh, he grew his email list over those three years to, I don't know what it is now, like close to 300,000 people or something. Yeah. yeah. And so what 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 made that work? Okay, let's just break that down as quickly as we as we can, not in, not to make it a huge segment here. But yeah. what do you think made that work for James? Well, it was uh, low effort because he had already written the articles. Yeah. So he there wasn't this like friction or hurdle that he had to get over every time to go publish a new article. Mm -hmm. He just took what he already had and republished it in sometimes multiple places. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is he was able to get in front of other large audiences. Yeah. And then bring them back to his site and. He directed them to a very um, specific page and he prepped them before he even sent them to that page that it was going to be about signing up for his email list. So yeah. it was a very uh, probably high converting action for someone to click on that yeah. link. Yeah. So, and he just milked it. He, he yeah. used it over and over he and over again. He just kept doing it. That's one of the, the, the tricks about growth is you find something that works and you just keep doing it. And you just right? keep working. You just keep doing it. Yeah, until it doesn't work. So I think one of the reasons why it works is, is, is because how are you going to get more people to your content, right? So one is you, it, it, Google finds it and really likes it and starts showing it to everybody who's searching for that topic, right? But you don't get to control that beyond having something great that people don't click away from and it's got the keywords that you need in it somewhere, right. you know, the topics that people are using when they search. So what he's doing is saying like, well, this is good. I know it's the kind of thing that people like. How do I get this in front of existing audiences, right? So he's just finding existing audiences on Forbes.com, entrepreneur.com and, and the content fits for that. He's extremely, he's great at writing, very professional and uh, he's kind of systematized his writing process. It almost feels like he knows, all right, we're going to find a piece of research. All right, we're going to tell a story. All right, we're going to come away from it with a very actionable thing. It's like literally looking at like what kind of experience you want to have from a blog post. And then he just engineers that backwards. You know, right. just like working backwards from the payoff right. every time. So I think for a lot of reasons, this works for him. And 
it, and it should be said that like similar with Derek Halpern and social triggers, he found a lot of success early on, really or a lot of success quickly because it was not his first rodeo. He had spent a, both of these guys had spent a lot of time doing blog stuff, building from scratch before, yeah. cutting their teeth, getting all of the tools and tra- of the trade, yeah. and then they restart, yeah. and it goes bam. And and likewise, uh, Derek had one primary strategy that he used for yeah. the the first year at least, which was he got in front of other bloggers' audiences by yeah. doing something for that blogger. In a lot of cases, he gave a site critique or something, did and that. that allowed him to appear as a, a guest writer or you know on someone's podcast yeah. or whatever. And that worked really well. Uh, he was able to. I think he had. 20,000 or so email subscribers at the end of the first year, which was phenomenal as well. Totally. And then he took off from there. Yeah, which so, by the way, that's a great, like really quick. I just think, cause what we're really talking about is how do I get more people to my thing? This is a continuation of our, uh, how do I promote my blog? How do I get more people to my thing conversation, right? right? Um, and which if you didn't see, listen to episode 170 and see the associated post that went with it, huge post that we did on how to promote your blog. That's basically, there's a million posts about this out there. Most of them are like 175 things you could do to grow your blog, to get your, this is the only list that you need. It's basically all of those things categorized by, by, with just the stuff that actually works. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think this is the big misnomer about um, growing an audience or, or, uh, you know, promoting your blog. People feel like, man, those who are growing their sites fast must be doing a million different things, yeah. right? They must have yeah. this checklist a mile long totally. that they do for every post, you know, and where they syndicate and, and, you know, where they share and all this kind of crazy stuff. And in reality, the people that we know who have grown their blogs the fastest put 90% of their effort behind one simple strategy yep. and just crushed it. And you know what? Have you ever, have you, when Derek did that, Derek, another strategy that he did, like that like Corbett mentioned was, he went, Derek Halpern did, found, like identified like 10 or 15 bloggers with huge sites. And he was like, I'm going to come on, let me come on, we'll do a YouTube video of me critiquing your website live and telling you how to make it convert better. Right. Because that's what I'm good at. He's great at copywriting. He's great at conversion type stuff. He's like, people don't want to hear that. Are you kidding me? You tell him this? I don't care about this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was so great in him. And he called it his, uh, I think the drafting technique when you're like, you're with you're you're uh, you're the expert to the the expert that people are already following. You get all of the trust that that expert already built plus more. You know, yep. so he did that and got in front of all of these huge audiences and all. And then I think the whole time he must have had a uh, uh, listen. I made a booklet on on this conversion stuff. Go over here and and download it. Right. It was so, it would have been something like that. Yeah. Um. Super smart. He made he did like you know fifteen critiques and and gets 20,000 subscribers, right? Because it was done so intelligently. Right. And I had never heard of anybody doing that before. James Clear doing the syndication thing. I actually had never really heard of other people doing this kind of thing before in in our space, right? I bet bet a lot of people are doing it in a bunch of different spaces and it's working for him, Yeah. right? Because he's intelligent, because he's writing good stuff, because he knows how how to figure out what people are interested in, right? you know, and how to make that stuff work. Yes. And so- I think that's such a big point, Corbett, that that like the idea that's going to work for you probably isn't going to come from drop from some list somewhere, which is one of the reasons why our list doesn't it like it's like, here's a bunch of things you can do. Here's the important thing about each the one of these. The thing that's going to work for you, you've already heard about. You've already heard about and or you've, and you've tried it and it and you didn't put enough effort into it or you just glossed over and said, oh, that's you yeah, know, that's old people. You just done didn't, it before. You just didn't know what the core of that thing needed. Right. Like what was really actually important about that. But I do think 
You can take, for example, this idea of syndication, right? So don't hear syndication and go like, all right, they mentioned Forbes, Huffington Post, and Medium for syndication. So that's where I need to go. Right. Don't say that. You're talking to your specific audience and your question is all about like, where are they already? Yeah. And if you're really deep down, like into that topic, you already know they're people on are, this subreddit or that forum or yeah. this other thing. People are syndicating on, on Reddit. Like you said, they yeah. post entire articles or on Facebook now because mm -hmm. you can do native posts within Facebook. Yeah. There's all kinds of options for it. There's so many options and it, what will make sense, what will matter most about this is, is how much you know your, your, how much you know about what it's like to be on the other side of the screen. Yeah. You know, what it's like to be a member of someone searching for this topic and finding it, someone being a part of this subreddit community and, and what I wish someone would post in there. Right. Someone be like, and then you're becoming valuable. You gotta be more valuable as Jim Rohn always says, as so, the uh, famous quote from Jim Rohn goes, Corbett. So let's, let's go back to medium. Okay. And uh, I'd love to just share a little bit about what we know from our experience on Medium, yeah. from publishing there. Yeah. So a couple of things. One is uh, we have some comparisons between articles that we've published on our own site and articles that we published on Medium. Mm. And we can look at how much traction did each of those get. Yeah. So for example, uh, I'll just share one here that I published on my own site and then I syndicated on Medium. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, let me see if I can find the dates for that. Um, this is from, looks like I published it in August of 2015. And then I syndicated it on Medium um, on September 1st. So about two mm -hmm. weeks later. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, this article is called How to Create a Vision for Your Life. And on my own site, since publication now, I have received 6,700 page views on that article. And uh, on the Medium- That's a big article. What was the title of it again? How to Create a Vision for Your Life. Wow. On the Medium version- When did you publish that? Oh, so that's that was like, August of last year. Of la Okay, so it's been around for a year. It's been around for, a, yeah, close to a year now. Uh, on the Medium version of that site, I just pasted exactly the same article. Yeah. It has received 12,000 views. Really? Yeah. So it, much more views. So it, it became even bigger uh, on Medium than it was on my own site. Wow. Now, of course, you know, page views are important, but that's not the end goal. Yeah. What I was saying on Fizzle Friday today is like, yeah, we all want more people to our thing, but we actually, what we, we don't just want that. We want more, more of the right kind of person to our thing. Someone who's actually, yeah, we all want 20,000 views on a post at the, the moment we publish it. Right. But what we really want is 10,000 people or is like 100 people and all of them become buyers. Right. Right. That's what we want. Small and profitable. Right. Yeah. Let me share another one. Um, this is an article that I published at Think, Tra uh, sorry, at Fizzle again in August of 2015. And then I syndicated that to Medium shortly afterwards. This is called the 200 Word Guide to Personal Branding. And um, this article on the Fizzle site received 4,600 page views. Mm -hmm. On Medium, it received 338 page views. Okay. So radically so different in that completely case. Completely the opposite. Way less on Medium. Exactly. Than, than and, you know, this is a factor of the kinds of people that are reading Medium and what they're into. And so for us, if you think about, you know, we are publishing uh, things about hardcore entrepreneurship and content marketing sort of things yeah. on Fizzle. On my own side, I'm, I'm writing things that are a little bit more broad in general, and mm -hmm. um, those things tend to do well on Medium. 
Um, let's see. You got anything to share stats wise? You know, I've been posting, I I've been using me. I've loved writing for medium and that's kind of where I put my personal stuff. So we, I have, I do some writing on grief and loss on fatherhood and just creative life stuff that doesn't necessarily fit at fizzle. And I write there and dude, the grief stuff, like I have one article called miscarriage from the, from the father's perspective, miscarriage from the father's perspective. And that thing has got 50,000 views, 2,000 recommendations, which is like real. That was the most, that's the most I've ever gotten. It's that, really, and that's a lot on that's medium a, for, for any article. For, that's a ton. And I don't, and, and it's, and it's being found right now. And I don't know where I'm getting new recommendations on it every day, probably five or six. I don't know where, where the, <laughs> I could probably go look and see where the traffic's coming from. So that article, if I wrote that on my site, wouldn't have had any, and, and I'm, and I want that. That's a story I want out in the world, right? I think that's helping moms and dads everywhere. Right. Um, uh, and same thing with the, you know, the stuff that I wrote about, about, about other stuff that, that my wife and I have had to deal with. So, uh, like this thing, 36 things to do for those in grief, 145,000 views, but only 160 recommendations, which is weird. That's right? interesting. 145,000 views on that thing. 36 things to do for those in grief. I think it's, I think it's on search engine. It's just landing a lot for people who don't have medium accounts. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just a perfect kind of thing. Now, um, uh, those are two really big ones. I also written really small ones that don't, that just don't get there. They just, they just don't get there. You know, what I found is, is basically when you reach a hundred recommendations and if you reach a hundred recommendations in a shorter amount of time, medium grabs it and starts promoting it for a week. And you will see huge numbers. That's what's so you get this effect there. That's really really nice. Now, I like writing for Medium, not having to think too much about how I'm going to pull them into my my website. Those all that those things those are just for fun. Those are just for fun, right? So I think if you're writing for Medium, if you want to syndicate, you got to be smart. Not only no, not you have to be. You're just you're just not doing the, your best work if you're not intelligent, creative, and delightful about how you entice people back to your site. For a thing, yeah, you know, and everybody out there's got a damn PDF to sell. Get my free ebook. Yeah, that, honestly, on Medium, that feels cheesier than anything else, right? So, so make me make me feel something about what you're writing and why I should join your thing. Keep yep. going. Yes, but uh, the question is like, so you know, you have uh, hundreds of thousands of views on Medium. The question is like, what is that? What's that worth? If, what is that worth at the end of the day? And so we have some stats on that uh, as well. So I looked at the number of visitors that we've seen to uh, both Think Traffic, uh, sorry, not Think Traffic, I keep saying that, to mm. uh, the Sparkline, yeah. the Fizzle, and also to uh, my own site, mm-hmm. CorbettBar.com, over the past year. Keeping in mind that over the past year, um, my articles on Medium have have seen maybe uh, 30, 40,000 views, something yeah. like that. So on my personal site, what I found was I have had... 900 sessions that came from medium directly to my personal site. And that resulted in, I'm actually, this is for fizzle. This is for fizzle. Yeah. 900 sessions that came uh, to medium and that resulted in four signups. So 900 people came to our fizzle website from a medium article somewhere, yes. a link in a medium article, which doesn't even mean that it's one of our articles. Yeah, Someone it could else be anywhere. could be writing about us. Could be anywhere. Okay. And it's, and those 900 people have ever resulted in, Four signups. Four signups. Now, we don't uh, necessarily make a pitch. We also don't do this regularly. Like, yeah. like we, I think we've probably syndicated two articles or something. Yeah, we have not d- taken this seriously. Now, on my site, though, uh, 
in the articles that I have syndicated, which is probably four or five of them, yeah. I do say something more specific, like, you know, you can sign up for my uh, weekly newsletter, blah, 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 at yeah. the bottom. From uh, Medium to my site in the past year, 333 sessions, mm -hmm. and that resulted in uh, 70 newsletter signups. Got it. So that's a much higher convert conversion rate. Yeah, and and just thinking about the amount of time that I've put into that mm -hmm. probably was less than an hour yeah. to result in 70 newsletter subscribers. So yeah. that seems like a, a no-brainer. And mm -hmm. it's probably something that I should do more. I think well, here's what I want people to do. I, I think I think if you if you screw around on 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 medium, if you're writing crap and you're and it's not that good and it's just link baity or 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 and it's not actually connecting. It's not helping. It's not doing. It's it, it's not going to do well on Medium. I don't. I just don't think. I don't see it yet as a as a place where crap can can get big. Um, I also think your stuff probably has a better chance of of having long term search engine like placement on right. your own site right. than it does in Medium. Yeah. Right. So only do me. I want people to do Medium. I want Medium. I want people to do Medium as 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 Gary Vaynerchuk would encourage you to. Understand what medium is, and then and then win by those rules. Yeah, right. Play by those rules. Use that vernacular. Realize who's on medium and what they're looking for, um, and then and then cater to them. Right. Uh, so what I I could totally picture a thing where we have our most popular things, and and we might do like a rehash of our most popular uh, like articles from the Sparkline on medium, and then uh, and then but they're somehow a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're somehow like catered to medium in some way and we're able to say and i would i would want to have like a free sort of thing for each one of those i would want to have an email series almost for for that to like send medium people to yeah and you know and again you know we're focusing uh we're talking a lot about medium and we're just kind of assuming that there's a fit between the audience on medium and the things that we want to publish and i think people listening to this could be just making that assumption as well you know i could be a food blogger and i could be thinking well should I be syndicating on medium? And the yeah. question is, are there enough people who are reading articles about food or whatever your topic is for medium to make a difference? And the thing that we see from our own stats, as well as just looking at the most popular articles overall on medium mm -hmm. is that personal development and entrepreneurship and startup stuff seems to do best. And I, but my question is how much, how much of that is, and we should, we should call it a, a close here uh, pretty soon. How much of that is just our bubble of it, right? You know, I, I it's not because you can look up literally the top top stories, and I know that means yeah, tailored or whatever. But if you mm -hmm. look at the most popular stories by month or whatever, um, those two topics come up over and over again. Now there are also uh, social justice issues that are coming up more and more on Medium, which are you know uh, people talking about their experiences with racism and sexism, yeah, and um, and other things. So. Those are popular as well, but you just need to look at Medium if you're considering using it and ask yourself, you know, what kinds of articles are doing well there and do, is that a good fit for me? Of course, this is a really low um, low effort platform to experiment with if you're seriously talking about syndication or even if you just want to go bang out a few like, you know, original articles. The writing experience is so easy. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be long to Honestly, do well. Honestly, yeah. I, I think I if I was starting out as a blog, I'd be really, if I was just starting out, I'd be really tempted to just write on Medium for the time being and then have a very strong call to action to join the newsletter every single and at and every single post. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so it'd be Medium and a newsletter, Medium and a newsletter, Medium and a newsletter, and then eventually either 
writing for my own thing. Because then you don't you don't have to set up a, your domain. You don't have to do you don't have to do anything of that yet. Yeah. Right. Yet. And then you're like, okay, am I? It? But that's like a very James Clear. This is my second time around way of doing it. You know, it wouldn't be like my first time around. And I would modify that just to I would publish articles on my own site as well, uh, because if you're going to write them, yeah. you might as well have them on your own site. And I would publish them there first yeah. so that you get the long term SEO benefit. Yeah. Uh, but definitely making your site newsletter focused is is a, a great way to go when you just start off. Yeah, I think absolutely. All right. Anything else to add before we go? I think that's it. I, I put in the show notes here uh, a handful of links to a few of our uh, your my uh, posts from Medium just so people can see what we're doing. Um, and and we by no means are the experts in this thing at all. This is just our our take on it right now. We're dealing with the literally thousands of entrepreneurs that we are 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 sort of helping get through this within Fizzle. And so this is hopefully going to be helpful for all of you thinking about this because I think it's an important question. All right, I have been Chase Warbin Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. And we'll see you there. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll see you on another time. All right. <laughs> really, though, get your transmission figured out. So there you have it. All right. Yeah. Did a really good job this time, guys. That was delicious. Thank you. You're very welcome. Fizzleshow.co slash 171 is where you're going to find all the show notes for this sucker, where you're going to find example medium posts from us. I put a couple of those in there, as well as all the links we talked about. That's fizzleshow.co slash 171. If you have used Medium successfully, or Huffington Post, or Inc., or Forbes, or something similar, some other publication where you've syndicated your posts, let us know in the comments over at fizzleshow.co slash 171. Here's an iTunes review from Emily Ann Pete in the U.S. of A. who says, I've been listening to these guys for a long time and have never missed an episode worth every minute to the Fizzle crew Thank you. You make being an entrepreneur feel like it's not so scary out there. Aw, thank you, Emily. That's really, really kind. Love hearing your voice. Thank you so much for writing the review for us. Dear listener, I would love it if you wrote a review as well, if you haven't. I would read it on the air. Let's just let's give it a try. Try me. See what happens. See what happens. Try me. All right? So, lay it this roof you if you can. I guess that was, my, that, was my, that was my pitch for that one. All right? So, remember, no matter how hard it gets or how hot it gets, rest in the company of good friends. And remember that you, my friend, are not alone. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.